course, what you do when you have somebody that you're married to is you say, you're married to you because you love them. And then she thinks you really have a way to happen to them. So I said, I love you. And she says, I know that, but what do you feel about me? And I wanted to take a tap dance and try and come up with every possible answer I could because I had no idea what the feelings were about. I'm still worried about them, but much, I'm much better off than I used to be. Um, and that takes me back to the beginning of my story. There's a good possibility when I was born I may have been a compulsive overeater at birth. And it really doesn't matter whether I was or wasn't. It doesn't really matter whether I was potty trained at the right age or not as to whether I'm a compulsive overeater or not. Because I have things and tools today that can get me through the day one day at a time. But it's important for me to tell this part of the story because at one time it would have been like, oh, for me. And at another time it would have been any number of different reasons. But there's a very simple story where it's just that when I was young, about five years old, my mother told me not to share some toys with a boy next door to I was a year older than I was, so I didn't read that. Um, and I shared my toys with him because this is the kind of nature I, I mean, to a certain degree, a given person when I'm not hidden in my own self and trying to hide from everything in life. Shared with him the toys, came home, she then to the gulf and then about, within less than 60 seconds, uh, me and told me that she loved me. And from there on out, I built my life based around I will never allow this to happen again. <coughs> now, I didn't know what the thoughts were going through my head, but this was a matter of survival at that particular time. And so the five year old said, I will do whatever I need to do to make sure that my mother never does this again. And she was also uh, raised a hawk, and I didn't know that at this particular time. That was the only time she ever did that. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I have this whole terrible life for 12 years or a time I look at my mother and my father beat me. That's not true. But just like that straw on the camel's back, we don't know for each one of us in this room what that straw is going to be in our life. It's going to be just that one or two new things that we can't deal with for whatever it happens to be. Some can deal with more, some can deal with less, some can deal with none. And I don't know that, and I'm not here to judge that. But what I did was, is I learned from my mother, who was at one particular time, I know, uh, at least until she wound up dying of cancer, was continuously out for our higher than 330 pounds. And so there was a good chance that she walked off the deck, walked off the deck, and quacked off the deck. There was a good chance that she might have been in this program. And the thing I've come to really appreciate after having gone through the anger and resentment that I needed to about my mother, because I didn't do that before, because it's good for you to not think badly of your parents. Mother to do that. And I've cried about this time too. That here's a person who, and I say this because this is insulted me by other people, who is willing to hurt the person with her wife, her son, that she adored and admired and loved the most, but she did not have to do it. Whether it was anger, whether it was because people talked about her, because she was a big bone farm girl, whatever it happened to be, that whatever reason it caused her to do that, I understand that from a personal standpoint by being here, that she must have been in such a tremendous amount of pain that she was willing to hurt the one she loved most. Because she had no way to know how to express the feelings of anger. And so going ahead over my life, you know, I, anytime I was in a situation where I felt like I was being threatened, whether it was down or day, uh, it didn't really matter. It was that I had all these students who started to be able to deal with these things called feelings that I had no concept of what was going on. Um, and 
and then I'm also going to share something with you. I want to picture this now, John, because my weight, in terms of my top weight, is only 40 more pounds than I am right now. But there's two things that are important for me to understand. One, as it says in the big book, it says, no matter how far down, now most people have agreed that it's like, you know, you're in better for words. I have not had to lose some of the weight that some people and give away to the weight that some people have in this program. But there are also people who have had to gain weight. And I'm not here to judge anyone on myself. But I have come to discover one thing that I predict about this and I'll share is, is that I also, from the time when I was about 21 to 33, indulged in another uh, addiction, which I'm not going to go into detail, but it's important because it plays a part of what I'm about to say is, is that it very much played into my food and my eating because I was, didn't have to be conscious about that. Therefore, it allowed me to deal with a whole bunch of things by not dealing with them by doing it. And the reason I say that is because part of my food addiction, actually, I just realized in the last few weeks, and I'm going to give you a couple of tips to this. Uh, everybody's had plenty of food That's no big deal. Somewhere along the line, there's a good chance you've had that done. I've had four at least teeth that have abscess I've had at least about five or six and I've lost track of the distraction. I've had two sets of bridges because the time has been broke because of my compulsive reading. And I now have four implants in my, in my mouth right now. And it's easy for me to pull about that, but because of that food addiction and the other addiction at the time, I let go of my own physical health. I'm going to kind of fast forward. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the problem, so much I'd like to spend a little more time on the solution. So I'm going to bring you to the point where I came into this particular program. I've been in another 12 step program that started about 32 years ago, and 22 years ago I came into this particular program. And this is how I came into the program. I got into that other program because of the major trauma that happened in my life then. And I came into this program because what happened was that. Um, I had two children with previous marriage, but I wanted to have another child with the wife that I have now. We've been married almost in 30 years. And in the process of doing so, we got past about three and a half months of pregnancy that she had miscarried. I took her to the hospital, and when I got her home, um, I had learned from a sponsor in the previous program that I was in that it's really important to deal with my feelings, but it's also important to understand what's the most important thing at the moment is taking care of my wife. And when we got to bed that particular night after we got home from the hospital, I asked her, I said, are you okay? Knowing that there was probably more emotional issues to go through. And she said, yes, I'm fine. And the physical said, yeah. So if I could just switch on siblings or volume five. You know, that kind of lovely, wonderful, smarty, special dad who said, you know, whatever it happens to be, type of smarty type of thing. It's full out because it comes from here. And within a week afterwards, I took a picture of her that I had taken out of the other time because I was one of these over the years. You know, I gained some of those from dating for these kids, so we've had that type of thing over the years. To show you the cool four and after pictures, we get $3,000 to pay for their lives and how you know six weeks later. And I always tell people they never show a portion of what that person looks like the next hour. So I said to her, I said, you know, I have a problem with I don't want to do this, and I don't know what to do. And I'm grateful that she had a background in 12 step program as well. So she turned to me and waited to me and said, okay, what do you do with your life? She said, you want to try LA. And so after having that all information about LA and trying to figure out if this is perfect meeting to go to, I was heading to another meeting, a different 
program on Wednesday morning on approximately January 15th of 
First of all, when I came into the program, it was like, I'll be here as long as we can get away with it, and I'll be away from these crazy people so I can get back to my quote normal life again. <laughs> and I'm grateful to say this is my normal life. Um, my wife thought this second cat home after she bought it, when we go right about the cat home, and all our cats were adopted, and because they were placed in some fashion so they were in a set of circumstances. The second cat happened to come to us from a shelter. The first thought that I had when I saw the cat was, I never said this to my wife, why did she bring this particular sort of motley thing when she had these exotic cats? It was the person who's dying that needed a place to do something for all kids. As life works out, it's like, this is my favorite cat. And I know she's dying. And I feel like I want to do so much for her. And she has taught me that if I could get up in the morning, and put one foot after the other, in this case, one paw after the other. Mm-hmm. By the way, she had big extra stuff, so she was probably that. If you had an arm, we had one thick enough. She taught me the fact that, you know, I get up in the morning if I eat properly, and I take care of myself, and I groom myself, and I basically will be willing to put up with a lot of different things in life. Uh, which she is right now, without complaining. Not too much, but I can have a good life. And there was something that I was not willing to see because of my own ego. And once I was willing to take that mask off of my ego and say, look, I am hollow for a truth. And while I had this on me, God then takes me to the second step, which tells me there's a solution. The solution is a higher power, whatever that may happen to be for you. I really don't know if it's in some cases for me because it's an ever-evolving theological discussion that I have in my head. When I was about eight years old, I used to try and figure out how infinity to try and grasp that concept. I will never grasp it. I will never entirely grasp a concept of a higher power, but I do have one. And if nothing else, it's right here, right in front of me right now. And if I'm willing to understand, you know, I came to believe, because it doesn't say you have to come in here and believe me, it says if I, I came to believe that a power greater than ourselves can destroy us to sanity, then it's not too much of a leap to go to that third step, which says, here's how I start down the road to recovery. And how I start down the road to recovery is that I'm willing to turn my will and my life forward and carry a higher power as we understand them, as we understand them, as we understand them, whatever it may happen to be. Because I was not willing to do that before because I did not trust that there was someone out there who could love me. Because remember, my first higher power told me not to do something. And when I did something, I'll let you think about this. Do you think the reaction of what occurred in the punishment for what I did was appropriately in scale with each other? And if it wasn't, that's the lesson I have learned. So to the same, there was time for that sort of knee-jerk reaction wants to come out and say, oh my God, I'm a horrible and terrible person. Or I've got to just balance it off by saying I'm the greatest thing that the world has ever seen, and I'm neither. 
I am a program development of the government workers, and that's all I've got to do. So I get to that third step in the morning, and I get on the knees, and I pray. And the reason I'm doing that order is because it's easy for me to want to just go and start off with, you know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, I don't want to go. And all of a sudden, I forget what I said. Because my mind is, you know, 50 yards down, or 10 yards down, or 10 years down, because of that problem that might happen, which may never happen. And I'm here to tell you that 95% of the terrible and horrible things that have caused in my life have never actually come to fruition. I am really, when it really gets down to it, because I am now about an adult, and I understand what was going on to a certain degree enough to be able to understand the of my mother, I now have a choice. And the choice that you make on a daily basis is do I want to be involved in living life, or do I want to run away from it and hide like the child wants to inside me? And sometimes when the child comes up inside me, I can tell them the child says, But today I tell you what, you love the parents that you heard. And the parents for me is my higher power. I go on the truck, sometimes that temporary morning, I'm holding my roll my life back. And when I do, I have to remind myself to start writing all over again. I do not work with program perfectly. I suspect there's no one in this room that does. But if you knew the one thing I will guarantee you, if you keep coming back, we will ruin you. I'm But the one thing I can guarantee you is well too. If you work this program to the best of your ability, you're not going to always wind up with a smiley face 100% of the time anyway. But you will be relieved and you can sort of the program that you made from the very best from the bottom of yourself. I am the one who has damaged my life far beyond anything almost anyone else has done to my life. I have no idea what's going to happen to the board when I walk out of the room and next time this is going to ask me a question I want to ask it. What I do know is that for today, whenever I start feeling down, whenever I start having problems that I used to have, the program is the diet book for me to be able to get up in the morning, put one foot after the other, do that show, do what I need to do, learn to be a worker among workers, and not have to worry about learning if I'm looking at the president of the United States because it's probably 99.9999% chance that it's not going to happen. And that's okay too. Because it's just okay to be me. I find that when I am out in the real world with normal people, I have a tendency, the difference between where the mask used to be and who I am here has gotten closer and closer. Doesn't mean everybody ever walk down the path on the street and have to go, hey, don't tell you that story. Because they're going to start running. Be of service, read literature, work the steps to the best of your ability. And when you fail, try it again. And there'll be somewhere, somewhere along the line that somebody in this program may walk up to and say, Come and help me. And if they don't, be willing for a moment to trust. And please take my word for this. If you ask somebody to help you, if that person can't, somewhere, somewhere along the line, somebody may be able to help you to be able to move to the bottom of yourself, to learn how to be of service, and to be able to let go of that thing that we all have been problems, have problems with throughout the entire life, which is food. Or some variation of it, which it all boils down to trying to fill that spiritual void with something physical, which is not possible. So, thank you for having me here.
the Geneva Council meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeer Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. And please remember, if you have a question, your voice will be audible on the OA podcast. And uh, I will try to remember to retake the question after the chat. If I can also get someone to give me the money of 50 marks so that we can do it and then move on to the next day. Thank you so much for your share. When you feel frustrated throughout the day, and we only see many candidates, how do you use the program? Good question. Uh, when I feel frustrated during the day as well, do, how do I use the program? First of all, sorry if you have three minutes to talk to my higher power. In fact, I don't want to so I can tell him what he can take with his program and show it where the sun does shine. Which is also high after a car plant has never occurred in some for the first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that, it's the thing I realized is that the moment it's important for me to get my feelings out. So when I'm really, really frustrated, it may usually mean that I'm trying to potentially control something that I can't control. That's where probably most of my frustration comes from. And the fact that some drivers out there obviously, you know, have their mail in version from Walmart for their driver's license for one. Seriously, I do have to get my feelings out. If I'm frustrated, there's a chance I'm going to be angry. If I don't get my anger out because I want to be a nice guy, uh, it may not be appropriate to do it that instant as I'm sitting in the meeting, but as soon as possible afterwards, it's important for me to get my frustration and anger out. Then I can go back and take a look at it again. And I can work again on what takes the kind of a personal situation, whatever it happens to be. First of all, once again, what's the problem with frustration? Is it that I'm powerless over X, whatever that happens to be? The second thing is, is that I know from my own personal experience is that I'm not going to be able to handle it on my own by returning to my higher power. Now, my connection to my higher power, just like my connection with my feelings and emotions, comes in contact with other people. Uh, I happen to be lucky enough to have somebody who works a different program, called Step Program, at work, so I can also, from time to time, have that opportunity to in the hallway, which, believe me, is a really nice thing to be able to do. But I can also pick up the phone, or I can text, or I can write. And then when I get to that third step, I'm really, really, really hard to let go of the frustration. I don't want to keep it that little text that I'm kind of nurturing over on the side. Is that I can say, look, Lord, if it happens to be a person, and for just a moment, I might think of myself as being in their shoes. It may be possible that they're particularly not frustrating me because of something they need to go on, something they don't understand. Or maybe that they do understand. That if I'm willing to turn my Lord and my life over to my higher power and let them have their higher power as well, too, that they need to be walking a certain path to get to where they need to, it starts bringing down that level of frustration. And if I once again, as I was talking about a little bit earlier, want to focus on the fact that really, more often than not, many of the frustrations have to do with something that happened in the past or the future. And I can get back into living in the moment by breathing and by opening myself up to my higher power. It helps students to be able to do that without having to go and resort to having to. Did that answer your question? Very much. Thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. Do you ever find other kinds of options that are just sliding into complacency and if so, how do you deal with it? Do I ever find myself, how have you dealt with it? How have I dealt with when I fall myself sliding into complacency, how do I deal with it? 
sometimes I just put myself quite in different places. And the reason I'm going to say that is, is that, once again, what I want to do is I want to hold on to everything. And if I somehow, if I somehow admit to people around me that I'm feeling complacent, especially someone in the program, somehow I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm afraid that I need to be judged for not being good enough to be able to be in the program or to be able to teach you this morning, for example. So sometimes what you need to do is really just to let go. And once I've done that, then I know that there's, it, it says somewhere in the big book, and I forget exactly how it goes, but it talks about something about the use of the self-will and the pursuit of this program is not a character uh, defect. It may be in all the other parts of my life. But there comes a moment where I really need to make that choice and that decision and say, okay, I've been doing this now for 12 programs now for 32 years. Why do I have to do it one more day? Why do I have to do it one more moment? I just don't want to do it anymore. I don't feel like doing it anymore. And now I just start acting as if. When I get complacent, sometimes I have to act as if. Okay. I sort of vaguely remember that if I get involved in the program and I get to serve the service to someone else and I get out of my own head and I work the steps, that's the thing that starts bringing me back into the part where I can not be complacent about my life or about my food. And it's easy for me to forget. And as I think we all know, this is coming back to the entire whole disease and what it does. It looks like, I went and I saw a magic show the other day. I didn't, didn't understand how long it would work, but it was really great, fun, and entertaining. And that's what my disease that's in my head. There's all these wonderful magic tricks that make me think that, oh, poor boy, you really need to go home now. So why don't you just have five days? Because it's still there. Or no, 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 I understand. You go ahead. You can have it to go to the program. And obviously, as I said, what we intend to do, I'm going to be with you. And we'll try every trick in the book that we can. But back to your question of complacency, it's just important to be sometimes after this, to get one foot after the other. And I find that eventually, after a few minutes, hours, or even sometimes days, I finally go back to, I'd rather live this way than the other way that I was before. And by being stuck in complacency, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to go back the way I did before. And it has to be my choice, and I have to be willing to, re- to recommit to some part, even if it's only coming from here and not here at that moment. Did that answer the question? question was, how do I deal with uh, my food, in terms of committing my food, how I worked with it in the beginning, uh, and how it works now? <coughs> Two confessions. When I got into the program, I kept my sponsor from the other program. And I'm not suggesting that's the way to do it. I'm just relating to my, my own experience and my own honest way about it. And what I did was, is that I, once again, talked to other people in the program, shared, called, and I got on the food time the very first day that I got in there. Now, the food time allowed me to maintain my absence. And so I was using that at the very beginning as a way of being able to have some guidelines as to how to eat somewhat normal during the day. <coughs> then after a period of time, I realized, wait a minute, just like even though I worked 12 steps in other programs, when I got to this program, I had to work 12 steps 
believe me, I'll let you say that people have heard me before. I'm a lot of people who take the trash out once and never have to do that. That's not the way it works. That's not the way I have to take that damn trash out again. How I work it right now is that I do have a sponsor right now. I want to help. I don't call my food into that sponsor every day. I feel I'm having a problem with food. I will talk to my sponsor or other people about it. I still will keep a record every day of what it is that I eat because it's important for me to have money. If you like, if I was driving on the freeway, I reached down and I took the you know the speedometer and I took that needle and threw it off of me, telling me how fast I was going. And this allows me to be able to keep track of what I do. The most important thing for me is. Not really how much or how little food I need, how honest I'm doing about what it is that I'm doing. And I can I can have the most stringent food plan in the world, but it doesn't really matter if I'm not being honest about the food that I need. And so what I do is I make sure that when I check in on my sponsor, that I'm honest about what I need and also what I'm not, and I'm honest about what some of the food stocks that I may have. And it's important for me to do that as soon as possible rather than say, hello, I'll talk to my sponsor three weeks from now. Does that answer the question so much? Okay. Thank you. Could you talk a bit about the relationships with your uh, family and friends and colleagues and other things that have changed over the recovery time? When my children are around 15 or 16 years old, I'm sure that they felt that their father's IQ was all of a sudden for some reason so that they could die with emotional and 70, 60, 40, 30, and down boys. And as they got older, their father's IQ at least grows back to the same. And I'm saying that, and the reason I say that, is that when I talk, as I said earlier, when I talk to other people, between what I want them to see and who I am is closer. It's certainly not perfect. But I find that <coughs> I work this program and continue to work this throughout my life, I find I can have reasonable intimate conversations with people a lot faster. Um, and so I look for this one. My children are still speaking to me, so I wish I can't do that. My ex-wife even speaks to me, so that is not <laughs> And it's an interesting point for to bring up was that about two years ago, um, my first wife had a ceremony a couple times. I woke up in the morning and I went to the park. Uh, and this is not, this is just what it was because of things she had to deal with. But about two years ago, we were at a birthday party and I saw her sitting over there by herself and I walked over and sat beside her. And we really haven't talked much. And a lot of that had to do with me. And I said, How are you doing? So I said, Thanks, but she wasn't feeling well. Um, and at one point we were talking about something, and I mentioned something about feelings, and it was if I had said to her, I had learned how to fly. <laughs> and I think that it has improved my relationship with other people, and it probably with people that I have surface relationships with, <coughs> it really depended on the other person as to whether they were up to willing to look through the more intimate parts, the more real parts of my life, other than just I don't know on the day that I will die that I'll be able to tell the whole world my story completely. But I'm now comfortable with using that telling people if they really want to know about the life. I'm comfortable about sharing.
with other people of our field and we do something that will help them. And I was talking to a customer yesterday, a, a new customer for the first time. I won't get to this point. You know, we were talking about something we had to get to be, be together for most of the day. And he said, the time was to wound a lot. And I said, well, I don't think that's what he said, then you must work with other people. And I said, yeah, I have to. And then at that point, I didn't bring it forward because there wasn't a question. But I said, yes, I have to work with other people because if I don't get away, I can't keep it. And I think that the relationships that I have right now are probably deeper than they used to be. And if I happen to share with somebody that I don't know already and it happens to they walk away because they're uncomfortable with that, I don't have to feel bad about it. I don't have to hide my feelings and stuff it down because somebody else I'm not doing purpose to someone else. And it's not a matter of I should have to care about them. It's just a matter of I know that I can only be who I am to the best of my ability, which is imperfect. And sometimes I will start putting my eyes back on a little bit to get through all of what I need to. That's what I got. At this point, I don't call anybody. What time do you have, by the way? So, quarter to two. Quarter to two. So, we've got five more minutes of silence for questions. How did you get to the point where you just knew that you had it for mom when you were young? How did you get to the point where you can understand how that affected your whole life? I mean, what, what was that process that you went through? Um, the process of how I came to understand how my mother's actions when I was younger affected my whole life. <coughs> I'm going to start with death of my mother to answer that question. When my mother died, I felt I had to be strong for my father. Nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly okay. I was going to be perfect in that regard. But because of who I was, I did a wonderful little thing. I took all my grief and my emotions and sadness and I down and cried. The one thing I learned about the program, through the program, about feelings, and the wonderful thing about feelings is the enjoyable thing. It's not going to talk. <laughs> if I don't deal with that feeling, it's impossible. It's like putting money in the bank. And the problem with putting money in the bank is the bank that is interest. <laughs> My mother died because I didn't deal with my feelings, and I finally dealt with my feelings about her death <coughs> 10, 12 years later, 14 years later, whatever it was. This is exactly what I can describe to people, and I'm not trying to be melodramatic, but if you just return to the and you look. You walked out of the street over here, and you one of the trees over there, and you came up with a machine or on the Schwarzenegger or whoever it happened to, and it just pulled that tree out by the roots. That's what it felt like when I came to find the room. Once that had done that, then it was easier to ask if that was not an easy task. And I don't recommend it, by the way, if you've got to go through it, deal with it sooner than later. It's that I was able then to be able to start slowly putting things in perspective and being able to see what happened. The story I tell you about when I was, I think it was about when I was five years old, I really had not come to an understanding of how that played out in my life in March in the last couple of years. So it actually took me 63 years plus five, 58 years. 58 years to come to the understanding of how that played such a part in my mom's life. And my mother's actually in my life. Now, the really important thing I need to say there, though, too, is that if you're new and you don't 
don't happen to understand some of the things that happened in your past life as a child or you were along the lines, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't have to be perfect about it. Somewhere along those lines, as you said in the program, you know, more will be revealed. And I believe that my higher power understood that if I had, for some reason, bail off into this program, I would need the ability to feel all the feelings at once that I needed to feel, I would have been killed. I would have died. Because I, the vessel of who I am is on a condition to be able to accept those. That's why I revealed slowly. And once I understood that there was a connection between me and my mother between the eating, between the fact that she was my first higher power, between that particular incident, I was then going to be able to once again be able to get the hell out of her for having done that to me. But then it went straight right to my understanding that somebody said, when you have a problem, you feel frustrated and you're in a very day, what do you do? They just thought I got back to the false test. And I got to where I understood my mother more and more. So I could understand that she wasn't, yes, it hurt me, and in one sense she was doing it hurt me, but she was doing it because she was so bad. And it didn't allow me to be able to let go of the sense that I had about my life. And as a result of that, my life is more genuine. It's not perfect. I'll be out there. Good luck with that. We've been great here. It's not any worse. I've come to understand, by the way, because for me in the last couple of years, I've come to understand, I would rather if you found out be serene than be happy. And happiness sometimes to me, I, I, I associate that with God outside. And with serenity, it has nothing to do with the sense of outside that is going on between me and my higher power. Does that sort of answer the question? That's it? Yeah. <laughs>